Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 13, Episode 3, titled Phenomenon. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one sensuous Sinophilist. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I'm like, no, bitch, that's not going to work. You can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. You can't have too many choreographers on the dance floor. To Taylor... The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joseph. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Uh, you know, uh, Taylor just got two new dogs. Well, not new. Yeah. Got two dogs. And we yeah. talked about that. And uh, what else did we talk about? Abfab. We talked about a murder mystery. Yes. So much. Yeah, a murder mystery. Um abfab game movie (laughs) what'd you say (laughs) involving a friend yeah involving a friend we talked about uh first wives club we talked all about that on just between us girls which is available over at patreon.com slash afterthought media and uh you can go there there's so much content there you have drag race uk which we'll talk about in a second without commercials and with bonus content you got uh, this show with just between us girls and no commercials. You got the rumor mill. You got um, Shady Pines if you're in the exclusive feed. You have Throwing Down and uh, The Tea. So much content for so little, Taylor. So go over to patreon.com slash afterthought media. But for now, I actually want Taylor just very briefly, very briefly, and, and mostly really in service to plug our other show, which is Drag Race UK, which... By the time you're hearing this, we've already had our first episode drop. Uh, but uh, did, but I want to get your just your quick the quickest take the quickest take Taylor on the first episode of Drag Race UK. First race of Drag Race UK, I was, I know people loved it. I was a little underwhelmed. I wasn't necessarily a big fan of nobody. Nobody, with the exception of Lawrence, kind of stood out to me as somebody that I really kind of wanted to see more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all kind of looked alike to me. <laughs> it wasn't like I had a hard time figuring out who everybody was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the last season of Drag Race UK and I kind of feel like I felt similar last year with it. It's just weird watching two, two different series of the same show back to back Thursday night and Friday night. Mm-hmm. Like that's the part that I'm good. There's going to be times that I'm going to be looking for certain queens on certain shows and i don't quite get why they're doing it this way but it no no one asked me but i'm i'm enjoying it i just i i liked last night's episode of the the flagship show more than the first episode of draggers uk what about you worst podcast plug ever let me tell you this ah, it's fine <laughs> i don't know i might really like it i don't want to keep watching uh, let me tell you this. I never said I wasn't going to keep watching. I, I'm obviously, I watch all of them. I love all of them. Yeah. And I listen to all of our shows, all of the Afterthought Media shows about it. I just, you asked me what I thought yeah. of Drag Race oh, UK. Right. You're right. You're right. I'm going to say a few things about the episode. Uh, and hopefully Ben and Fraser, because I was texting with them yesterday as I was watching, uh, Drag Race UK is, um, is a, uh, I actually like the this cast of girls. I see what you're saying, Taylor, but I like this cast of girls. I think on the whole, better than this cast of season thirteen. Like in other words, I like that they're kooky. I like. I think they're pretty witty. 
you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I, I think there's a, like that Scottish one, you know? Well, I know there's Lawrence. two Scottish ones. Lawrence, yeah. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Uh, I like this Jiminy Limony or whatever her name is. I don't know what her name is, right? I like her. I like all the kooky ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let me tell you, I'm going to take a couple of things. They did this mini challenge with the Brit crew. And they brought out this uh, Prince Harry meets Nick Jonas Brit crew guy. He was mm-hmm. so fucking hot. I could not take my eyes off him. I don't even know what happened in those pictures. I couldn't stop staring at him. I thought he might be up there. There have been some hot ones. He might be up there with one of the hottest uh, pit crew boy is ever like really I, oh oh be, like he is my type to a t like so fucking hot like i couldn't i really couldn't stop staring at him like oh oh oh, 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 oh. I, i'm gonna go masturbate right now i'll be right back then <laughs> here's the funny thing too because you know they would be like oh i'm from shropshire you know like all these different places right and then they did the right. runway where they did um that where they were from an iconic place like from where they're from and there are two yeah. people from nottingham and they came out in this Robin Hood attire. And I wrote to Ben and Fraser about this, who are the hosts of our Drag Race UK show. And I said, I legit never knew Nottingham was a real place. Right? <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that I thought it was like Hogwarts, right? And yeah. that it was like a mm-hmm. fictitious place. Right. And two, that uh, I even I saw them say it. As they entered, and it, I registered that they're from this place called Nottingham, I did not even connect Robin Hood until they walked down the runway, and they're making their dumb puns about Friar Tuck and stuff like that. And I was like, "Yeah, oh, you didn't get that? That was they were doing. What did you think they were doing? Peter Pan? No, no, no. no. I didn't even register until they were making the jokes. And I was like, "Oh my God, Robin Hood." Of share, you know, the sheriff of Nottingham. Oh my god! And yeah. I, I was flo- I was gobsmacked. I literally <laughs> texted the Drag Race UK boys, Ben and Fraser, and and I think they thought I thought Nottingham was like a magical college because then they because <laughs> Ben answered me as if like, oh no no no, like he answered. He, I don't think he got that I meant. I just I was fict- I don't know. It was really. I will find out. But yeah. but I will say, watching the episode, I'm kind of excited to hear the Drag Race UK because they say shit. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. How did Daniel and I last year do this show? Because I don't know what the, to- <laughs> the fuck they're talking about this show. They're like, oh, it's like me. I'm Amanda Buttington. And I'm like, who? <laughs> right? Who are you? Who Who's this person? So that's why we have Ben and Fraser on Drag Race UK to translate it for us all. Yes. So make sure and check out that Decipher. show. Decipher the codes for all of us. Yanks. Decipher the code. Uh, besides that, Taylor, is there anything you want everyone out there in podcast land to know before we get into this? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's get let's get to the episode. All right. This week, the Pork Chop Queens return for the second chance. For the mini challenge, the girls show off two looks. The theme, Lady and the Vamp. In the maxi challenge, the queens record and perform original verses and choreography to RuPaul's song Phenomena. On the runway, the category is We're Here, We're Sheer, Get Used to It. After RuPaul announces that nobody will be eliminated this week, Denali and Rosé go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for the win. In the end, Denali puts Rosé on ice and takes home a cash tip of 5,000 doulas as the girls get ready. Ready to merge? 
with the winner's team. Tell the latte boy, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I liked this episode. I liked this episode episode just in general it, it was it was fun i i've always been somebody who's enjoyed more mm-hmm. when you focus on the b group versus the a group mm-hmm. and i know that right now they're kind of considered to be the b group because they all lost the first lip sync so mm-hmm. i think that the community that the that the six of them created was actually mm-hmm. pretty cool yeah. um i always enjoy the looks i mean we talked about this last week it kind of is because it is sort of a cookie cookie cutter of the two mm-hmm. you know yeah um so I would say that I, I definitely like that. I liked all the looks. I thought the performance for this one was better than last week's. I thought on a general that it was a better group performance. Uh, so those are the two things I like. The one thing I did not like was the the editors this week were trying so hard with the manipulation. It's so hard, particularly when with you talk about Kamora with the getting being late and making it look like they were going to do the show without her. And then just the whole thing is, just, and, and I mean, they made it look ridiculous where you, where you thought that it was going to be where like, are they going to do this where she doesn't get to go? But they, they were showing promos over walking down the runway for the last couple of weeks. So you knew at some point she was going to walk down the runway uh, with the T. I'll talk more about this when we get to this segment, but I have a lot of stuff to say about this. I mean, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but uh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, okay. First thing that I liked is, um, I'm going to split one of them in that, uh, basically two personalities. Uh, I was surprised by, cause you know, I wasn't a fan from Meet the Queens of this Joey J. And I don't know mm-hmm. how far she's going to go. Cut to, I really know exactly how far she's going to go, but I'm saying that here. Uh, <laughs> But I don't know how far she's going to go, but I really like her personality. I just think her, she has great confessionals. Uh, uh-huh. and it's a very, it's a positive personality, but it, uh, but unlike Jan, okay, I feel Jan had a similar thing going on, but like, unlike Jan, she's not treakly. She's not overly sweet where it seems contrived. It feels genuine. It feels like this is who yeah. Joey J feels- is and it yes. feels authentic. Where with Jan, it felt like this is something I'm doing because I want to have the Jan to see, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, I want her Jan from this show. I'm supposed to be banned. <laughs> anyway, do you think she goes like, she goes like, oh, like, uh, my head, I, I hit my head. I need a, a cat Jan, you know? Anything, <laughs> do you think she does dumb things? Anything that rhymes with that? Yeah. I'm going to make dinner tonight. Can you hand me those pots and jams? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think she's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing that I was splitting it, Tamisha Mon, what great quips she has throughout the entire yes. episode. You know? Yes. I, I appreciate, I enjoy the fact that I was as wrong about her as I am. I, I think that, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah. That's all I had to say. Okay. Okay. And the other thing I, I liked was uh, this Nicole Byer. That's who the great, great Nicole Byer is so hit or miss for me. I love her. And then there are times where I'm like, stop shouting at me. Yes. When she does the screaming thing, that's why I get over it. Well, it's funny that you say that. It's funny you say that. The reason I point out that I liked her here, I'm one of these people who I love to cook, I love to bake, and all that stuff like that. So the idea of nailed it is very mm-hmm. appealing to me. And I've, I've seen the first season or two, maybe even the first two seasons, and just thought it was so yeah. hilarious with what they came up with. The part I didn't like about Nailed It, now maybe she's grown into the role, but um, I know you guys are all making fat jokes in your head, and that's rude. But 
We know that because I watched you make a fat joke in your head and then stop yourself. <laughs> but, uh, but I find her grading on Nailed It to the point where I can't watch the show anymore. I really find her unwatchable on Nailed It. However, yeah, and it seems like she got worse and worse as the seasons went on to where we stopped watching it because oh, really? I couldn't deal with her. Yeah, I couldn't deal with the yelling. Okay. So, okay. But on so. this show, which is so funny because she said they, they didn't put a lot of, cause people, guys, everyone, they edit this. So they, she, I'm sure, I'm sure she had some great quips when they were walking on the runway. They didn't put them in, but her critique lines were very funny. Yes. So, so I like their overall judge because I, I like any judge that knows what they're, that they're not just because their publicist had them go on the show, that they genuinely right. like the show. They're always going to be a great judge. The one thing I didn't like, and we'll talk about this very soon. And you kind of pointed to this, isn't that like the other team is like, they're the B squad, whatever, right? And I'm like, bitches, you don't know they did better than you in this episode. Yeah. They outperformed you. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Those are the two things I liked. And one thing I didn't, uh, in the workroom first after the previous episode, the winner's team enters to treat to D drag. Congratulations, Simone, for your win. Meanwhile, Elliot with two T's would eliminate all the other queens if given the chance, and the pork chop queens are christened the B squad by a team that includes Candy Muse. The pork chop queens enter for the first time. <laughs> yeah, how is any team? How is any team with Candy Muse on it? Okay. <laughs> How is any team I love with Candy Muse? The hill you're gonna die on. I love this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> calling somebody else the B Squad. How were they? Right. It's almost like I, if I were on the the winner's circle, I'm gonna call it. I don't know. I don't know if the 25th Amendment applies there, but I would have used the 25th Amendment to eject this Candy Muse from the team. <laughs> did you see? Did you see on this Twitter? On this Twitter, she goes, did you see this? She goes, she goes, I, yeah. I, I could pull it up on Discord or whatnot. Maybe, can somebody put copy the tweet she put about uh, comparing her to Silky Nutmeg Ganache? Can someone put that in the Discord right now for me? Uh, so I don't have to go searching for it. Um, but she goes on this Twitter, right? And she's like, uh, uh, she's like, uh, uh, oh, you know, it's so, I'm going to read it right now. So I'm waiting for the picture to come up, but something along the lines until I read it, paraphrasing that essentially it must be because they're POCs and fat that they are comparing her to silky nutmeg ganache. And everyone's like, no, it's because you're an annoying bitch. Just like her, right? <laughs> you're and, I, and, and, and I'm, I'm not holding back because did you see this? I know this isn't the rumor mill, but I'm going to talk about this right now. This silky nutmeg ganache, you know, she went to Puerto Vallarta. Okay. Oh, uh, did she? Yeah, and then she did a live. She did a, a face, an Instagram live, Facebook live, whoever, something live, right? And she goes, "I'm not dealing with you." And all I got to say to this is, "I did what I did with no regrets." And if you want to be mad at anybody, your president of the United States has done nothing for the coronavirus. If and you ain't holding him accountable, don't 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 come at me. And and, she, and I'm all like, no, you have to be personally responsible. You can't blame that is such a fucking deflection that because you're a stupid bitch and went to part of Iowa and didn't wear a mask, that is Trump's fault. I don't even understand the logic of that, right? So I have the quote here. This is what Candy said. Quote: 
Y'all realize y'all call me the new Silky because we're both brown and big girls, right? The microaggression. Literally two episodes in, and I have yet to even argue with anyone. Um, somebody pointed out, and I know exactly who it is, Spiral Queen. And I told her I'm going to steal this line, right? Mm-hmm. Said, I don't see anyone comparing you to, to Latrice. You know? Yeah. No. That was what went through my head as far as there there are big girls that have been on the show, big girls of color that people love. And Latrice is the, is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Stupid Kenny Muse with her. No, because you're both fucking loud and annoying and stick your nose in business that you shouldn't. Candy Muse, I can't with her. Anyway, the pork shop queen. <laughs> oh, by the way, <laughs> do me a favor while I read this or at some point in the show. Okay, I don't want to go here because I don't like to read our iTunes reviews because they're always mad at me because I don't like Silky Nut Ganache or Candy Muse. I just mm-hmm. need the number of reviews. I want the number of reviews because I'm going to do something. I just want the number of, view- of iTunes reviews that we have. Just the number. Not the not the rating. Just the number of reviews. Okay. Have. All right. Anyway, the Pork Chop Queens enter for the first time as a group and are ready for their redemption. They marvel as they see each other for the first time out of drag. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge, a two-look runway called Lady and the Vamp. Now, we're not at the mini challenge yet, Taylor. We're just in the... Oh, look, we're just talking and this everything that happened here. I know I just did my own rant here, but did you have anything to say about either the A squad and coming in and saying this horrible shit or anything I just talked about or, or the B squad, the pork chop crew, you know, uh, do, do you have anything to say about them coming in and what they were talking about? Anything here, Taylor? Um, thought that the, the fact that they said, you know, their trade of the season. <laughs> Oh yeah, I would agree with that. I think this is I think this is a much cuter group than the other than the mm-hmm. other group, um, for the most part. Uh, and it it feels like the bond is already there between them more so than the other bond the between the other groups, and yeah. you could tell that almost immediately. Like they, they've all had a they've all had a joined you know a mutual trauma at the same time of being you know the first ones that go to the pork chop lounge. So. It, it was nice to see them kind of all walk in already all friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, couple, now a couple of corrections, you know, here in Nami's correction corner, uh, we have, if you, you should know, we have a listener named Nami Harder and he likes to correct us. And in mm-hmm. Nami correction corner, uh, actually this was not Nami Harder. This was Eve Adams who told me this, but I guess they did, uh, Candy and Gottmik did a live. Cause last week I, we, you and I, well, I laughed because Got Mick was like, how do they know I am like, what am I going to do? I haven't told anybody. There was an explanation. Right. So I guess the girls were told in advance to write these lyrics and record them. And so, uh, so they did, they actually did it before they walked in the workroom, I think, supposedly. And so Got Mick had already written the lyrics and recorded. And so when they were doing it, it was like, oh shit, I didn't know that, you know, I'd done this already, but I didn't know this was happening now, you know? So they had done it before okay. they worked, they, they, they had done it in pre-production. So, so the, but then why did they have them writing their lyrics? Because not being, stu- I don't know what to write. This is so confusing. I know. It's not writing lyrics. Okay. There's so constantly much faking on this show. I know. Well, look, we'll, we'll wait to, yeah. wait to the Kamora part. There's a part that I'll prove to you is faking. I'll prove it to you on the Kamora part. Mm. But it didn't even take like, oh, I know production because I'm from Hollywood. Nothing like that. It's just from watching the fucking show you know they're making shit up. Anyway, yeah. Elliot's the one with this B-Squad. 
bitch, you were in the B squad. In fact, not only were you in the B squad, they thought you were weak enough to get your C squad. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, where's that B squad? She goes, and RuPaul put me here. No, they didn't. They put you in the C squad. They put you at get out. And then RuPaul just shuffled you over. And it was one like RuPaul was like, she's special. <laughs> Elliot with two T's. <sighs> okay. Taylor, do you have the number of reviews that we have yet? We currently have – I have ratings. I don't know that I have – Yeah, yeah, ratings, ratings, number of ratings, sorry. Ratings, we have 370 ratings. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. So as you should – you know, everybody was gagged to find out that uh, a former Drag Race contestant, season four icon, Dita Ritz – listens to our show she's actually quoted us before so i knew she listened to the show but she quoted us again about the information that was removed from the show but she doesn't say who the queen is she, and if you want you have to go to dita ritz's uh social media to find out what she said but she mentioned uh what we said in the that that excised information but here's what i'm saying taylor i like to do this once a year so this is a good little game here is if you're listening on the public feed right now, or no, even if you're listening on Patreon, I don't give a shit, right? Anyway, Patreon should, you should do this anyway. I want to get to 500 reviews, preferably five stars. Um, I don't know why I said it's a secret. I want to get to 500 <laughs> ratings. Okay. If we, uh-huh. the, the moment we hit 500 ratings, I will publish that excised scene on the public feed. But we have to get the 500 rate. So it could be tomorrow. I don't know. It makes you know. Or it could be in 10 weeks or never. But when we hit mm-hmm. 500 ratings, the reward is I will publish that missing information about what happened and that Dieter Ritz even was like, oh my gosh, you know? What do you think of that, yeah. Taylor? I th- I think that's awesome. I think that is a great carrot for to dangle in front of yeah. the uh, in front of the listeners who have not let yet left a review for the show. And yeah. I'm wondering if I have left a review for the show, so I might be the first one while think, we're yeah. taping. I don't today. think I have. But by the way, uh, I will leave the it's an iTunes rating. I will or Apple Podcast rating. I will leave the link in the show notes. So if you don't, like, I don't know where to go. It's seems hard. I'll go to the show notes, hit that link, boom, it'll take you to rate to give it a five star rating and bump us up to five hundred. Alrighty, perfect. And then I will mm-hmm. the, the second we hit five hundred, Taylor, the second I see it, I will publish it right there on the public feed. All right, here we go. Uh, for the mini challenge, the queen scrambled to prepare for the runway mini challenge. Nolly points out that Kamora is notorious, notorious for taking a very long time to get into drag. As the hosts sit ready to start filming and the queens wait in the wings, Kamora is nowhere to be found. A disembodied voice calls over the loudspeaker for Kamora to make it to set or they'll start without her. Then they start and are no problems. Okay. <laughs> Uh, then, the, then we have the looks, and we'll go over the looks in a second. But before we do, let's talk about that moment, Taylor. Let's talk about that moment when they're like, "Oh my God, is Kamara gonna make it?" Blah, 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 yada yada yada. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that she was probably a few minutes behind, but they did a really good job of editing old stock footage of the empty workroom with pictures of her feet to make it look like she was in there by herself or pictures of where they had angles of where there were no other queens in the background. Mm -hmm. But I can say it was probably similar to, as we've seen at the end of Untucks, where 
there's you know where where like there's one or two girls that are finishing up and the cute guy would come in and go we got to go now we got to go now sort of thing and and they, as they're trying to get their shoes back on or they're trying to lace each other back up i can't imagine a world in which they let her just kind of stay behind while everybody else went forward that just that just doesn't happen all right you you just mentioned untucked right <clears throat> you've seen untucked okay yes these girls have not just one, but multiple wranglers who control them wherever they go. Also, the that that runway is on another soundstage, right? So they wouldn't even leave her behind. They wouldn't be like, oh, okay, well, we'll we're gonna you know turn off the lights when you leave, Kamora. No, those producers <laughs> would be like, bitch, get your fucking ass in a dress right now, right? And we're heading over to that soundstage. They would not even go to the soundstage until she was there. By the way, they're on another soundstage. What good would going over a microphone of a PA system on a different soundstage <laughs> where she's not even at? Right? Right. On a different soundstage where she's not even like, tomorrow, please get to the set. She's not even there. How she wouldn't even hear you. Right? One, two. Do you think in what fucking universe? Do you think that RuPaul sits and waits for them? Right. They wouldn't even call RuPaul and Michelle from their trailers until everything's ready. It's not like, oh, RuPaul, we'll just get them there. Just come here and sit there. No, those <laughs> bitches are waiting there for 30 minutes before RuPaul walks on the stage, right? Right. So it's not like RuPaul's like, oh, I don't know where anybody is. What's going on? I don't know what's happening. It's time for me to look at my watch and yeah, go wonder where oh everyone's at. That's so weird. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they would not. They, not until Ru, you, RuPaul would have fired everyone on that fucking soundstage if she would have been waiting there. They're like, why? You didn't have everybody ready when I got here? It's fucking <laughs> roll. Let's go. Fucking, but you know they did this. I have too. fracking contracts to sign. Why am I sitting here? Yeah, <laughs> do you think my land's gonna frack itself? <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, the other thing too is um, I don't remember what it was. Anyway, oh no, they did. They pulled the shit before. Remember this one actually was more consistent. Do you remember in season six? There's a thing where a door wasn't gonna finish her dress on time. Yeah, and they go to break, and yeah. she's like, I don't know. And then they come back from the, there's no reference to it at all whatsoever after they come back from the break. Right. Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. But yeah. You know yes. I remember that completely. You know what's so funny? There's nothing to do with anything. Well, here's the place to talk about that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> my sister in law and my niece, who's 13 now, they say to me there, they go, guess what? We started watching Drag Race season one. It's okay. It's weird. And I'm like, and I wanted to almost say, oh no, you got to jump to like season five. But I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I got to either hope they don't. Cause then imagine my sister's like, well, you know, your uncle has a very popular podcast about RuPaul. Let's listen to him. I'm like, I don't like to drink cum from plates, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I like my cum to come from the source. And my niece is like, naturally my, stored, organic. I want organic cum on these, yeah. on these pallets. Yeah. And John Paul sent me waffles covered in cum. They would both turn to ice and then shatter. <laughs> right. My brother, like, uh, my, my wife and my daughter are in little tiny pieces on the floor. What happened? Uh. Okay. So let's go to the actual looks here. 
So I'm trying to delay them as much as possible. Oh, you should watch season one multiple times. You should watch Drag You. I'll buy the seasons for you. Yeah. You watch those just to spread yeah. it out as long yeah. as possible. You should watch Camp and Kiki. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, the first look is called Lady. Um, you know what? Let me actually put the little music on here. The little uh, looks music. Uh, Taylor, I you know I have zero thoughts on any of these looks. But uh, do you have any thoughts on the looks? I watched I watched them again this morning. Um, I was a little distracted because of the dogs last night. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought that the looks were solid. I liked the night looks more. But I definitely have thoughts about each of the looks. If you mm-hmm. say the name, I could tell you what I, rem- what oh, I yeah. remember I about them. Just, I, this is what I can tell you. Uh, first up was Denali. She was, by the way, I like to give credit where credit is due. New thing this season that I didn't ask for that uh, uh, producer Luke Samen is doing. He's giving me the the order with just like a slug line of what they were wearing. So I have that now. Okay, disposal. All right. So, uh, first up, we have Denali with a blue dainty doll dress. Uh, I was not a fan of this look. I know she said it was an homage to Forget Me Nots, which apparently is the state flower of Alaska. Oh, but not the disco I disco song? That it was. What? Isn't there like a disco song called Forget Me Nots? Go ahead. Yeah. Forget Me Nots. Yeah. Which they used for the Men in Black. They, they took a sample yeah, of it for the Men in right. Black song, Will Smith. Um, and, oh, now you're getting, now who sang that? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, I did not like the look. I thought the look was bulky on it. here with a warm 85 degrees here in california we're going through some uh global warming here but uh what the hell we're gonna have a lot of fun here we go patrice ruchin is her name of the person you're thinking about oh, there never guess that patrice royale <laughs> i like to call it uh by the way nothing shows how old we are then she says, forget me not, I'm all, isn't there like a disco song? <laughs> and then they pull it up. All right, sorry, go ahead. What were you saying about the... Um, it's, I, I just, I wasn't, this look was, of her three looks, was my least favorite look of the night. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Uh, next we have Rosé with a paper doll dress. I loved this look. I, I we've seen it done before, but I thought I loved the color. I love the geometric print on it. I was for some reason crazy about the wig, mm-hmm. the weird like almost like motorcycle helmet round wig mm-hmm. that she had. Um, it, she reminded me of somebody, and I can't think of who it was, but it was very. I loved the look. Um, I I wasn't necessarily a fan of the purse and the the name across the ass, but. I get she was trying to do something that made it a little bit more rememberable. Yeah. Rememberable? Memorable. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, uh, yeah. So, but it was, it was okay. But I mean, I, but the, the purse was okay, but I like the dress. All right. Next we have Tamisha Iman wearing a red caftan and harem pants. Uh, your thoughts here? This was very, um, this, this was, this was very Palm Springs, mm-hmm. uh, Beverly Hills, very yeah. California. I have a pool, and I have a pool boy that I'm having an affair with um, against my very old husband, who's having an affair with somebody else, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And I don't care. It was. It just felt it felt very felt very 80s excess. Um, just sort of, uh, I I loved it with mm-hmm. the hair and pants, and it was like sort of a raspberry pink color. Mm-hmm. Uh, just great, great look. All right, very good. Next we have Utica. Before you say anything. 
I rarely LOL, especially at this show. When uh-huh. RuPaul went, Attica, Utica, I literally <laughs> LOL'd like so hard. That was very funny. That they seem to be showing Rue laughing harder more at things. Yeah. Like it seems like Rue is kind of having a little bit more of a good time mm-hmm. and whether or not that's manipulation on mm-hmm. the producer's part or not, I don't know. But it, it that was funny. That in the bubble butt comment and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing was. Meanwhile, really Michelle funny. looks at like her goal for the end of the season is to have at least 101 Dalmatians, uh, in her coat. <laughs> Uh, all right, Utica. So, yeah, Utica's wearing a colorful psychedelic print Utica with had, plastic balls. Yeah, psychedelic print with balls um, attached all to it and balls on the hair and everything. Th- this seemed, for the little bit that we know of Utica, this seemed very Utica to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it. I was here for it. I, I thought it was a fun look. I don't really get how that's daytime because that almost seemed more like a '60s club look to me. Mm-hmm. But it, it was bright. It was fun. She had fun with it. It's it, it, it was a great look. All right, very good. And finally, we have Kamora Hall who came down in a white Kate Middleton lunch look. I thought she looked beautiful. Um, you missed Joey J. Did I though? Okay, well, I don't have Joey J on this list. So uh, let me see. Let me okay. the, I, can, I can get you Joey J in a second. Joey I know, J. I know oh, Joey no, I don't... J had on, but let's talk about, let's talk about Kamora in her white Kate yeah. Middleton dress. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was well tailored. I thought she looked great in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like something you could get in a high-end store, though. There wasn't necessarily anything that made it drag to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a beautiful look. All right. Very good. Uh, what, what happened with Joey J? Sorry. I'm, sorry, I Joey missed J that. On, <laughs> Joey J had on a fur uh, vest and tight pants and boots. And she had no wig on with the purple with the purple crew-cut hair. Mm-hmm. And great. Uh, she looked like... She looked like a power lesbian dog walker in Central Park. That's kind of what I got from that. And mm-hmm. I thought she looked, she looked amazing. Very good. All right. Now let's go to Lady in the, 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 the Six, but it was, it was good. Let's go to the vamp look. We have Denali in a black machine, Moschino. Is that what you say? Moschino inspired garment? You know, I thought this was my favorite look of Denali's of the night. I thought mm-hmm. it was beautiful. It was so different from the first look. So it definitely like kind of took your breath away a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I love the sheerness of it. I loved her hair and makeup. I thought it was mm-hmm. really, really pretty. You definitely, you got the story that she was telling with the look. Sure. Uh, next, we have Joey J in a Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones inspired black bodysuit with red boy hair. Uh, the, not a. Gr- I appreciated. I appreciate what she's trying to do there with the cat suit looks mm-hmm. and all. Um, of her three looks. This was probably my least favorite, mm-hmm. um, but I I think Joey J is hot as as a boy and in drag, so I liked looking at her. But it felt very it felt like something that we've seen. I I feel like it's something that um oh oh god what the hell's her name Beverly Mo- Monica Beverly Hills mm-hmm. I feel like she wore something like that on season six. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Rosé came out in a McQu- um, Alexander McQueen-inspired red and black peplums with, with a skirt and hat. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on Rosé's outfit? She's the one that had the sort of lampshade cage face mask thing on. Mm-hmm. That was that the outfit itself, the actual silhouette of the outfit was awesome. But that hat cage hybrid thing made mm-hmm. the outfit. It was a very, very cool look. And I I really, really liked it. High drag. High drag. All right. All right. Tamisha Amon in a black glittery gown. Go back. Wait. Let me do it again. A black glittery gown. 
with hair? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, of course, everyone yes, had no. Hair. It was, it was, the dress was made of hair. It was oh. 84 inches of hair. And uh-huh. then there were parts of it along like the chest plate and stuff that were glittered uh-huh. um, almost like a like a chest plate oh, sort okay. of thing. All right. Uh, she, was, she was doing an homage to Elvira uh-huh. um, with this look. And not my favorite look of the night from Tanisha. I, I, it was not... It felt bulky, which I also get its hair. So, I mean, obviously, it's all going to lay on top of each other. Or it's going to look neat. But I, I thought that it didn't do justice to her body. It kind of made her look a little poochy in the front. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Kamora Hall with a simple black dress with cross necklace and red hair. Uh, kind of giving sort of vampire Susan Sarandon from uh, The Hunger look. Uh, I... I, I thought it was great. You know, mm-hmm. I would have liked if she was kind of going for the vampire thing, which it mm-hmm. felt like that's sort of what she was doing. And those were the jokes they were making. I almost would have loved to have seen if she had in little vampire teeth. All right. Just Very to kind good. of go full on, just like, not like big, huge, like Halloween fangs, but something just, something just enough to where it's that extra detail that would have put that over the top. Very good. And finally, we have Utica with an Edwardian Burg- Burgundy gown with large collar. I loved this. I loved everything about this. I thought it was, this is another example of like, this is high art drag to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and not necessarily what I was expecting because the first one was so silly and fun. Whereas this Mm -hmm. one was high fashion to me and very couture. And I, I thought that she looked amazing. All right. Very good. Uh, Taylor, uh, let me fade out of here. This is the point where we're going to take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to jump into the rest of the episode. Yeah. All right. Back in the... (laughs) Back in the workroom, after the mini challenge, the queens return to the workroom to de-drag. Tamisha reveals she's won around 95 pageants out of the more than 200 she's entered. She also confesses that she's 49. She doesn't say that in the Meet the Queens, does she? No. Which is funny because one of the rumors, I shouldn't say it's true or not, I don't know, but one of the rumors is that because of COVID and all that stuff, they didn't do the Meet the Queens until like way after the season was done. So all the queens already know what happens by the time they do it. So like, I mean, she, know, she, maybe she forgot that she said her real age during the run of the okay. show because, uh, <laughs> that's not what she says to meet the queens. Um, okay. Um, as the other queens talk about their ages, Tamisha declares that her biological children are older than all of them. Uh, next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge. The queens will perform a number to Phenomenon by RuPaul. Each queen will write their own original verse and work together to create choreography. As the girls discuss the choreography, Tamisha fades into the background despite her experience, letting Denali, Joey, and Rosé take the lead. Taylor, your thoughts on everything that happened after the mini challenge, uh, leading up to going into the, before we go to the choreography part, but like everything that happened there. The Tanisha stuff, um, I had made reference to this before that I was not necessarily a big fan during the Meet the Queens. I just sort of was kind of like, okay, I don't get why she's here. And I understand to some degree now why they picked her. Um, because they're trying to, I feel like they're trying to highlight old school drag a little bit 
um, I feel like that that is somewhere she definitely represents that in some way mm-hmm. and does so in a way that is very regal and and re- re- revered. I mean, you know, when she talks about all of the kids that she had and they talked about um, Tandy, Iman Dupree, mm-hmm. and they kept showing the video of the, which which we've all seen mm-hmm. of her falling from the ceiling during that uh, I Need a Hero uh, performance. You kind of it kind of helped us all to fall in love with her a little bit, I think. And she kind of came off very motherly and shows, you know, her she show, she she gave her an opportunity to really kind of show her dynasty and show who she is. And I feel like she is going to be one of those people that got a lot of new fans just from last night's episode. I know I am more of a fan than I was when they first interviewed her. And even in the first episode of uh, first episode of the season. Let me ask you a question, because as we know, she declared this in the first episode. She was originally slated to be on season 12, mm-hmm. and then she got her cancer diagnosis and had to drop out. How do you think she would have done on season 12? If you had to guess, if you had to speculate. Um, I think she – do I think she would have won season 12? No. But I could see her be – I see her definitely being in the top half. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know that I would see her being in the in the bottom half of sure. a season like that. Sure. I feel like she is going to get a, you know, and I know nothing about the order or anything, but I feel like she is going to get a um, edit similar to similar to Latrice, mm-hmm. in that she is just kind of one of these beloved figures that you know you kind of hope that she'll go all the way, but I think she's just old school enough to where they won't let her get all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Like she, I could see her, I could see her finishing like fourth or fifth, mm-hmm. you know, I also feel like she's sort of like, you know, last week we talked about the fact that Olivia Lux was, you know, like, okay, well, they've got their miscongeniality. I don't know that that's necessarily the case anymore. I feel like there, there, there could be a horse race between three of the girls for potential miscongeniality. Oh, very season. interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that Tanisha is one of the, one of the three. Interesting. Depending on how she does the rest of the season. Uh, all right, very good. Now let's talk about this choreography part where they were busy before we got the one actually plays it out. But when they're all talking about how they because I'll be honest with you, uh, I was almost going to go back and watch this part of the show again because I was taking notes and I was like maybe I missed something. But then when I saw uh, Luke's notes, Luke, our producer of the show, and I noticed he didn't mention it, so I'm going to ask you. Because they go to commercial after this, and then they come when they come back from commercial, we are in the choreography part. Did they anoint? Did they anoint Denali the choreographer of the bit? Because when we come back, Denali's like, they never I'm the choreographer. That they never they never actually showed them doing that, but I definitely got there. Well, she kind of came in and immediately started trying to take over, and even says during her confessional, like these girls are talking. I need I need to get doing. I need to get to work. You know, and I'm like, oh, I did. that's why I was like, did I? I'm taking notes. Did I miss them saying, okay, you be the choreographer? No, if they did, they missed that because they were too busy editing all of the various times that they were all saying, well, can we do this? We try this and and overlapping them in such a way where it made it look like, I mean, just short of where they're showing, um, they're sh- showing Kamora, you know, on a side angle with all of the mouths kind of like slowly yeah. floating in like an old 50s movie of all yeah. like, you know, <laughs> she's getting overwhelmed. Like, like that sort of, they were definitely trying to do that. That, to manipulate you into just thinking it was nothing but Denali and Rose and Joey just talking over each other the entire time. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't know what was going on there, but um, but so then so then let's actually go into the next segment. Um, for the maxi challenge rehearsal, Denali takes the lead. She just walks in and she's like, "Okay, we only have sixty minutes." She's fucking Bob Fosse all of a sudden, right? And um, but Rose and Joey jump right in to get their two cents. And Tamisha stays quiet. Kamara's overwhelmed, and everything appears to be a mess until the more experienced queen jumps in to set everyone straight. What was your take on this whole choreography act? It was. Uh, We've seen this with every choreography where they have to work together and there's inevitably at least two that argue over what should be done and how things should be done. Um, I thought the idea of utilizing because they knew that Kamora wasn't necessarily a dancer, trying to utilize her in ways that still allowed her to stand out but not necessarily screw up everybody else's dancing was a smart move on Joey's part. And I thought that when Tanisha did her... You know, where she just kind of took over at the very last couple of minutes of it. it th- that is sort of the where she was doing it in a way where I think because they all sort of look to her as the as the house mother, this group, they all listen to her more than they were willing to listen to each other in that regards. At least that's again, that's the way they want you to show it because she sort of was doing the thing of where normally if they had been. Uh, so when you look at this, like um Todrick versus uh, uh, what's the guy from last week's name? The, the Jamal Sims. Jamal. So okay, when at one point I think it was Kamora starts to walk across, and Tamisha says, "No, you do you stay there. We we haven't gone that yet." If Jamal had said that, if Jamal had said that, they would they would have done it the way with Tamisha. But if it had been, um. Todrick, there would have been the music behind. There would have been the dramatic, you know, no, we don't do that, that kind of thing. And it would have been where there was the pause and they would have showed other people's reactions, that sort of thing. So I feel like part of this may be editing on their part of the way that she was working with them versus the other girls working. But I I don't know. I I just like that style better of work. Because there was also seemed to be a level of respect and she was trying to help them figure things out versus the other girls just kind of talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one of these, here's my question to you, Taylor, as a casual fan of the show, and by casual, I mean, I have a a highly rated podcast about this show, is I can't kind of, nothing comes to mind for me, where is, where, who are these girls trying to emulate? I'm talking about Rosie, Rosie, Joey, and Denali. In that, like, if we think about the other girls with quote unquote uh, experience, dance experience, like Alyssa, I never saw Alyssa do anything like this. I feel Alyssa's always sort of given her advice, but you know, didn't go like, "I'm a choreographer, I know what to do." Right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, who else is a dancer that we've seen before? I, I've never seen even Jan. Remember, Jan did really well in the dancing thing, and I, I didn't see like I've never seen anything like this before. So I want to know what they were. Well, they were trying to impress the producers to show that they're leaders and they're trying to take charge. Um, but like, I, wouldn't you recognize like they're talking over each other or, or you don't think they really were? I don't think they were talking over each other to the level that they made us think they were talking over each other. Okay. But you're also talking about now contestants, which especially we consider that it was the younger girls that were doing this, whereas Tamisha was kind of just holding back. These are girls that have grown up watching this show. Yeah. 
So, and they recognize that if they think they have an idea that sometimes you have to push yourself forward, if you feel really strong in it, and you have to be the leader because in the end you, you are rewarded with that if it goes well. Mm-hmm. So and considering that the, that everybody there has already been technically eliminated once, mm-hmm. I think they are trying to stand out in the pack. Yeah. You know, they even kind of talk about that a little bit in the, um, in untalked where, where Tamisha mentions the fact that she doesn't, uh, she was just kind of holding back until it was her time. And Rose's like, not me. Mm-hmm. I was, I was up there. I want, I want to stand out the entire time, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that it's, it's, it's that difference in, it, it's that difference in mentality that the younger younger girls have versus somebody that is a seasoned queen like Tamisha does. All right, very good. Uh, moving on to elimination day, Tamisha worries that the girls are a little overconfident heading into the maxi challenge. Meanwhile, Kamora reveals her boyfriend isn't comfortable with her being a drag queen. That was a very odd moment, didn't you think? With Kamora yeah. and the boyfriend, what were you? You know, you wrote the um, the uh, the award winning New York Times bestseller Life's a Drag. My Life as a Drag Queen uh, by Taylor Latte Boy DDS. And <laughs> what was your take on everything that she was saying? What was going on there? Uh, the thing it made me sad for mm-hmm. that she's in a relationship where her partner yeah. doesn't support her, mm-hmm. you know, or doesn't mm-hmm. or doesn't really, you know, it's sort of a you do your own thing, but I don't want to know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I. I've been in relationships like that before where I had interests and you want to share them with somebody who's in your life and they are showing absolutely no interest in it. You know, mm-hmm. like my husband has things that he likes that he likes to talk to me about. And, you know, mm-hmm. I at least show it. Does that mean I want to watch certain TV shows with him or play certain video games? No, but I'll at least listen to him talk about it and yeah. I'll, I'll ask the occasional question. Mm-hmm. This is making it sound like she almost has to hide this. Yeah. From, you know, as she sort of talked about not necessarily sharing anything in Untuck, she talked about having a similar relationship with her parents. And it, it was, it's just sort of sad. And I can see how, especially if she's saying she only really performs a couple times a month because of this, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to really kind of go full throttle into something if you're not able to really sort of explore it and, and enjoy your passion that way. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, I was, I was like, dump his ass, bitch. You know, like, <laughs> but you know, there are a lot of complex, uh, in your caftan with your fan. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking dump him. Dump him, Kamora. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that was very sad. Oh, by the way, one thing I mentioned about Kamora, I really do think she was rushed though. Did you see? But you know, cause you know, after they do the, I'm going back to the mini challenge just for a second. After they do the mini, that first look, then they go back and dress and I think she had time to touch up her makeup. But that first look, her makeup was rough. I was like, yeah. Ugh. But the second time it was better. I wouldn't say it was great, but it was better. And she looked the, older in that first look. She, yeah. She looked, she didn't really have a chance to highlight or anything. It was no. just, it was one. Yeah. Just base. She learned really fast that she has to uh, get used to it. Um, all right, let's go on to now. It's shocking here. The looks, Taylor. The category is we're here, we're sheer, get used to it. So first up is Denali. Denali comes out in a white, uh, almost like a bubble skirt. Or maybe it's like sort of like a lavendery or a pearl colored. Um, very flowy, almost looks like petals. Um, Makeup is a little hard, but oh, this was the fringe look that Joey J had on. Okay. Um, 
Joey J had on a fringy dress, very, uh, very reminiscent of Julie Andrews and Victor Victoria when mm-hmm. she does La Jazz Hot Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about how much they liked it. I liked it too. It was kind of sort of superhero esque in some ways. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the makeup and I like the short hair. I can see what they're talking about, but I like it. Kamora Hall comes out in a really bad wig that I did not like with Roots, but um, came out sort of in a sheer uh, caftan uh, that is bejeweled with a nude bodysuit underneath. Um, Rosé came out in what I can only refer to as a hot plastic mess. Uh, It was a purple and pink outfit that was uh, with huge poofy sleeves that were sheer, but also had um, plastic or was uh, the main bot part of the body was plastic. It almost looked like when you have uh, melted soda bottles together, not a great look. Uh, next up is Tamisha and Tamisha had on a beautiful gold dress that she made herself with a large uh, flourish ac- uh, across her chest and waist. And uh, just very much, a very a pageant dress, very beautiful. Hair looked great. Everything about her was amazing. This, she looked significantly younger, I thought, here than she did with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last look is Utica, who came out wearing lots of scarves, sheer scarves, with her hair up in a big ponytail and a huge scarf as sort of a knot in her ponytail with some crazy awesome makeup that was very, very unusual. And it was uh, kind of Dia de los Muertos Say that again? It was kind of Dia de los Muertos-esque. Kind of, yeah. There definitely was sort of that as well. But mm-hmm. I think that it was a... I just I just think it was awesome. I think, I think that uh, Utica was one of those queens that I sort of was like, oh, she'll be the first one out sort of thing. But the more that I see her looks, the more that I really... And the more that I listen to her, I think that she is interesting and that she seems to be a very kind soul. And I hope that they keep her around for a while. All right, very good. And those are the looks. the looks. All right, very good. On the main stage, RuPaul calls Rosé and Denali to the front of the stage and announces they're the top two of the week. Once again, the rest of the group remains safe for another round. In a lip-sync battle for the win, Rosé and Denali go head-to-head to the song If You Seek Amy by Britney Spears. In the end, Denali outperforms Rosé and earns a cash tip. Of five thousand doulas, Taylor. Any final thoughts on the episode? Was there anything you missed? Oh, you know, I have notes on the episode. How come I didn't look at it? Okay, go ahead. I, I might have some the myself. One, the one thing that I noticed that I thought was sort of problematic was when they were performing the song "Phenomenon." Yeah. Did you notice that for the half a second, the first time they say the word "Thailand," they immediately go to Kamora Hall? Let me tell you something. I was like, they did that on purpose. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I don't want to say anything too much, but like knowing the spoilers that I know, they do a lot of that shit where they'll be like, wouldn't want to see who's going next or something like that. And then they flash to that person. I'm like, I know who goes next. Uh And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Okay. um, Any other final thoughts? I was not a fan of Rose's lip sync. I thought that Denali was the clear winner. Oh, there. yeah. Denali was the clear winner. Rosé was – she prides herself on because she is, yeah. Rosé is giving me – which it also kind of makes sense given what we know about where she is and all that kind of stuff. But she's give, starting to give me like Alexis Michelle, Brita oh, yeah. Filter mm-hmm. vibes. Yeah. And that's going to make it hard to really kind of root for her if she stays mm-hmm. in that in that 
place in my head. Yeah. You know, I have a couple of things to bring up. Um, I watched this on a service called Philo, which I think is just feeding commercial. I don't think that they, I don't think that they, um, have our own special fee I, or anything. I know where you're going with this because we watched it on the same service. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just watched it with commercials because I used the commercials to then text people or check emails like that. Has anyone told the Biden-Harris campaign that the, sh- that the campaign's over? <laughs> well, apparently you can still vote early in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Why are they still showing us Biden-Harris election commercials and voting and stuff like that? I was like, what is going on there? Next, you know, there was a reference that I thought needed explaining. Cause I think anyone under, gosh, 40 wouldn't understand what Ross was talking about. When he made the Fen Fen reference, yeah, uh, RuPaul said something about asked Ross about something about phenomena, and Ross said, "Is that like Fen Fen?" And um, I only know because I was in college. Fen Fen was this diet drug that came out very briefly. I'll tell you why because it was too successful. Because and I knew people who went on Fen Fen and they fucking just dropped weight, and it was this miracle <laughs> medical. Tri- huh? They dropped weight, or <laughs> they just dropped dead. Yeah. It was this miracle drug. People were like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. I think it, you had to be prescribed Fenfen, right? It was like uh, – I think it was a prescription drug. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, was it? I think it was a prescription okay. drug, yeah. Because essentially – and I'll give you a, a, a short history lesson. What it was was they'd give you a pill to take in the morning that was a, 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 uh, inherently just speed, right? It was just giving yeah. you speed. And then they'd give you a downer at night that you took to go to sleep. And people were losing a ton of weight on it, but then they also have people who were just dropping dead of a heart attack because they were giving you speed. <laughs> so, yeah. and it worked. People were fucking just dropping weight because their, their, their bodies were just burning calories like crazy. But then, like you said, they were just dropping dead. And, and it, it, I, I feel it was only around like a year or two and then it was gone. They banned it from the mm. FDA, took it off the market. So that's that reference. The other thing too, Taylor, is we got an email. Uh, the other, and I sent you the screenshot and it was a person, I want to address this, uh, but, uh, we got an email from, uh, Trayvon, a person, a listener named Trayvon, mm-hmm. and he wanted to know, uh, if we saw any comparisons or similarities between what was happening, uh, with these first three episodes where the girls were isolated from each other and the famed failed, uh, psychological ex- experiment, the Stanford prison experiment. And I know we, we all know... You wrote the Pulitzer Prize winning novel, uh, <laughs> book, I Won't Stand for This, uh, about the Stanford Prison Experiment <laughs> by Taylor Latte Boy DDS. And, uh, do you want, did you, I, I have my own thoughts on the little that I know about the Stanford Prison Experiment. But first, why don't you tell everyone what the Stanford Prison Experiment was? Well, the Stanford Prison Experiment was an experiment where they had taken students, I believe yeah. it was, it was college All students, students yeah. and, Half of the students were split into if, if there was the scenario of where you're not, you were prisoners or you were, and half of the students were considered to be prisoners and the other half were considered to be prison guards or, you know, people that were in charge of mm-hmm. the prisoners. Yeah. And it was a lengthy experiment. And what they found was over time, it was creating complete changes in the community as far as people were looked down on more, people were, verbally and i believe physically like abused by some of the people that were the the prison guards and stuff and eventually it got to the, so bad to the point that they had to shut down the experiment yeah 
Is that kind of the that that that's sort of the thumbnail version of that's it? That's the right? gist of it. By the way, if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, listener Haley Sklans has posted a link to a podcast about the the Stanford Prison Experiment. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, and that's I don't know that I necessarily I can see where on the surface it looks like that, but we're not going to be where there is the perceived position of power versus if Rue said, if if next week Rue says, okay, the winner circle group now gets to control the 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 B group or whatever, that's a that's a completely different show. You know, but I uh, think that yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What is okay. actually closer to, and you might know more about this, is the one about the blue eyed children in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Remember the one where the t- there's, there's one. I think there's a video of it where a teacher, I don't know if she told the kids, but was nicer to the kids with blue eyes. Uh, and it inherently it, it set up this relationship between the kids, even though it was unspoken, where there was definitely a, a group of elite children and kids who felt less than, even though there was yeah. never stated that that's what she was doing, but yeah. she was nicer to the kids. And that's, it seems more akin to that experiment, which I think is also considered a terrible experiment to do on children. But, um, <laughs> but there is a video of that too. And I think that seems closer to it. Oh, you know, someone already yeah. posted again. Humble Pie, Humble in, Pie. The, in the Discord on the RuPaul da- in the Drag Race Recap Discord has posted the video of the Blue Eyes, uh, Brown Eyes anti-racism exercise in the Discord. If you want to see yes. that video, um, so I mean, I, and I also think that again they are setting this up to where we think that there's going to be this big, you know, rumble in the workroom. They've done that in the past where I remember season six when they split everybody up and the first time that the girls come in, they sort of let, I'm surprised they didn't end the episode like this of them walking in and the other girls sitting there waiting for them. Yeah, and it plays that. But they did that at the end of the one episode. Yeah, with the, with the Western music. And then eventually they're all like, hey, and do like the big with the hands and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah. and I am sure that the comment that they show of Tina Burner, mm-hmm. she makes them, you know, she makes some ridiculous statement and i'm sure that they are making that look like where it's going to set up conflict between them that's that may not be the case that may just be where she makes comment everybody just sort of laughs it off Mm -hmm. um i i don't know that i'm necessarily thinking that this is anything like the stanford prison experiment you know Mm -hmm. but but time will tell who knows they're always they're adding new twists this season so maybe that's the next twist that we just don't know about yet i think the rupaul's drag race recap discord is more like the stanford prison experiment All right, Taylor. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we call it a day there? That's going to do it for this episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week as we and every week, by the way, as Taylor the Latte Boy and I discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Tanner the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. Thank <laughs> you.